Alright, welcome to Oh Yes. We got our, our friend here, Will Runzel. What's up? Manages uh, Slander, Nightmare, Whipped Cream, Joyride, lots of uh, artists. How you doing, sir? Amazing. Thank you guys so much for having me on the show. I'm, I'm excited to be here with yeah, two man. old buddies of mine. Yeah, we got This is number three for us, so we're not exactly the podcast ninjas as of yet, but we're, uh, so we're almost pros. You know what I mean? We're like pre-pro. People have we're said college we're, right now. People have said we're pros. Um, yeah, man. So I wanted to have you on here because a few things. One, I enjoy your blog that you do on your Instagram story of <laughs> rap uh, albums. I don't listen to a lot of rap, but Dave does, so I thought it'd be cool to chat that and then uh just kind of get your story and let people know you know how you went from booking us at lure to becoming <laughs> super successful yeah. uh manager pretty much yeah i'll tell you i'll give like the the one minute version just so i don't like bore everybody but um i started throwing rap concerts when i was like 22 in the midwest we did like currency big sean stuff like that last tour we did was with steve aoki uh, I basically, the company wasn't doing well. I came out here, took an internship with Steve, started working on the event side for him, uh, started uh, booking all the shows for like the Dimock Live, all the LA local shows. And I got a job at React Presents, started booking uh, shows for them on the West Coast, started managing some of the acts uh, like Slander, Nightmare, met uh, my buddy, Steven Haddad, who's my business partner. Started working at Golden Voice for a little bit. Kept doing the half talent buyer, half manager thing. Got fired from Golden Voice. Uh, went full on on the management thing with Steven. Got my other buddy, Chris, to run the events company. And uh, so, yeah, we also, along with all the management stuff we do, we operate, we have an events company that operates in Houston, Dallas, Atlanta, Madison, Rosarito, Mexico, Chicago, Illinois. Um Milwaukee, Wisconsin, all over the place. I did not even. I didn't even know that. Yeah, that's, Damn, that's, that's crazy. Amazing. Yeah, every time you guys you definitely rehearse that. Yeah. <laughs> every time you guys play, I get asked it a lot. So yeah, every time you guys play like Stereo Live Dallas, Stereo Live Houston, Ravine in Atlanta, Liquid Madison, Concord Music Hall, Prism, Papas and Beer, Rosarito, Mexico. All right, we didn't know, but Will paid for this podcast by booking <laughs> us on those shows. We did, uh, we did, uh, we do Baja Beach Fest, the first, uh, like the largest reggaeton festival in North America. Oh shit! So, but How Chris, you... Chris runs the show. Chris runs the show. So, you are you not once I not got a daily one, no, no. Once I got like, uh, once I got let go by LED Golden Voice. Chris does everything. Do you miss? Do you miss like the, no. the show or booking side? No, no. no. you like the managing side no, a lot more. No, no, no. It's, How did you? Okay, so I have a question. Like, yeah, go ahead. A lot of times, like you know, managers will come in and give you like a, a spiel, like, "Oh, I manage this guy, this guy, this guy. Do mm -hmm. this, 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 blah, blah, blah." You weren't managing really anybody, and kind of yeah. went to slander nightmare. How did that like unfold? Like, so the first, it was Bixel Boys was the first one. I'm sure you guys remember that. We did like the whole free life campaign. Yeah, the sickest and... merch campaign of all time. <laughs> so um, I, wanna, I started this underground party called Private Label, which was, uh, we did like M83, Jamie XX, Bag Raiders, just like indie stuff. And one of the guys, one of the, the promo partners was Ian McPherson. He started sending me house tunes and I was like, wow, these are cool. He was like, yeah, me and my buddy Rob are making these. And I was like, cool, let me manage you guys. And I just did what I do with any project. I made a fucking five page, uh, you know, 
This is what I'm good at. This is what I'm not good at. This is my two-year plan for you guys. And, uh, you know, they signed with me on the spot. Wow. With, with Slander, I went and I sat down with them. I kind of like rearranged that PDF and gave them some manila folders and said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm going to do this stuff. And I did the free life campaign, you know, and I kind of like added the one step on my resume. And then they were like, all right, cool. Then we put Slander on like, 10 main stages their yeah, first year, year, one, right? like yeah. year one. Yeah. And then we went to nightmare. And by that time I had Steven who was great at all this music stuff. So it's like my resume doubled, you know, because I wasn't good at the music stuff. I, Steven's amazing at A&R. He knows how to sign, you know, he knows, knows how to negotiate record deals and all that. And then that's when I was like, all right, cool. Now we're like a force, you know, now we have talent. Damn, on both sides of the ball. Where did you, uh, where'd you meet Steven? Like, how'd you guys, he was trying to get his ax booked at lure. Oh, okay, perfect. <laughs> yeah. For anybody that doesn't know lure was like the most popping nightclub. At it one point. just ended like last week. Wait, it just closed. It just turned into a rental event space. Oh my God. And it basically looks like a warehouse with like tan carpeting. Our first DJ show ever was Lure. Hell Will yeah. Will booked us. That's dope. So we took that and he's still booking us now, I guess. At, yeah, 100%. At places, which is tight. <laughs> Dude, we used to get so crazy on those like, oh DJ my shows. God. When we first started, we were just used to touring in a bus. So like we were like, yeah, there's still no responsibilities, man. We'll just get like our towel residency. We were just getting way too fucked up for what we were doing. <laughs> well, we bring like idea. 40 people with us too. And, like, yeah, we go and they're all dudes. Like, the they're like three dinner. girls. They're like, you guys have 15 people? Yeah, yeah. They're like, there's three of you. We're like, yeah, but like, you know, we got girlfriends, they got friends, like yeah. our friends got friends. Well, there used to be three of us. And at one point we had so many people that didn't let the third guy in. He had to stay. They're like, no, they have too many guys. He was like, I'm in the group. They're like, we don't care, man. <laughs> you got too many people with you. <laughs> wow. Um, so my big question is, how do you go from slander, unknown act, like, you know, when you pick sure. them up to yeah. putting them on, how do you get them on 10 main stages? Well, they one? had, um, they had a huge following on Facebook which was like big. They had also before, before you came. Yeah. Okay. But they had put out like 15 or so remixes that were all like follow to download. So they get, you know, they put out a song, they get 10,000 Facebook likes. They put out another one, they get 20,000. So they, when I signed them, they had like 250,000 Facebook oh, wow. likes. And it, you know, in 2013 or whatever, that was like a huge selling point. Like agents were like, you know, our pr promoters were like, Oh, this hack's got fans. And it was like, well, some of those people might be in Germany, somewhere, you know, like whatever. So we're, we're going to give it a go. Yeah. I think our first show sold like, you know, 55 tickets or something like that. It was Matt Denuso, who's like the main guy at Insomniac yeah, yeah. now booked, booked. Um, oh, that was Nightmare actually who did that. And uh, yeah, I don't think that any of these shows really did well, but that's kind of my strategy is I put the acts on that, you know, as headliners first and, uh, you know, even if the shows don't sell well, you still have like, you know, the dance community, 100,000, 200, 300,000 people see that you, you, this act they'd never heard of one and did 15 headline shows. And then you, that, 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 that switch turns in your head where you go, oh shit, I need to find out what this is. Right. You know, and then the people in the venue are there and they're like, oh, I'm with 40 of my other slander fans, but there's only 40 people here and the show wasn't that good. But hey, I made some new friends. They come around the second time. Maybe you lost 10 people because, you know, the show wasn't that great and it wasn't that sold out. But at the same time, if they, you know, my guys give it their all. So they probably played a good set. And then the couple hundred other thousand people are like, oh, this is big. And then 200 people come to your next show. Right. Do you, you know? think do that's you think my that's, little formula? Do you think that's changed in, in the now? Like, because uh, I feel like, you know, 2013, 2014, it was like pretty much like perception was the game. Totally. And now I feel like 
do you think it's changed a little bit now to where like you can't play like the game the same way anymore? Like you have to be able to sell tickets or you won't be like rebooked kind yeah, of a thing? Y- yeah, yes and no. Um, I still like to do this strategy. I just wait a little bit longer. I, I have this theory that if you put an act on a support show that they will feel like a support act until you get them out of that perception, which is a challenge. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, all right, cool. We're a support act and we stole all these new fans playing our opening set, which is not like your real headline exactly. set. You can't really go hard. So it's like, all right, cool. Then people went to my SoundCloud and they like liked my song, but like, it's not really about that. Even with some of the like most prolific songwriters in dance music, you go look at their tracks and they get, 10 million plays. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if you get a song with 10 million plays on Spotify and dance music, you're like, yo, I fucking crushed it. Yeah. Right. But that doesn't mean people are listening to your music. No. Most of the time kids, I think over 50% of the time you have like the Elleniums like, oh man, I love his tunes. Right. I'm going to go see his show. Right. The other 80% of us, people are going to a nightmare show and we're there being like, damn, that dude's crazy. Right. I want to go see that again. 100%. Slander. Same thing, you know, Joyride even. He's, you know, I think all of my acts are very musical, but they have never left a fucking ounce of energy on that stage right. either. Yeah, and I, so I actually see like, that a lot now. We we talk about it because we come, obviously we moved from band world where it was like, in band world, everything kind of lines up. Like like you can't play a 1500 cap room unless you can sell 1500 hard right. tickets. If you your song has a million plays on Spotify, if you're a band, you probably have a million people actually listening because like the playlisting isn't really big in band world. Right. But I feel like I'm seeing guys now that have 10,000 followers on Instagram and like 30,000 streams on a song, but they're selling out the Palladium. And then you have these That's guys. That's like a dubstep act though. But it's crazy. Yeah, it, it, That's it, like Ganja White Night. But it is crazy, And Excision right? is like the highest selling tickets on the planet right now. And Excision Spotify, sells- His Spotify is not great. It's 400,000 monthly. Exactly. And, and he sells get, more tickets I mean, than he Skrillex. sells way more tickets than we do. And we get like 30 million streams per song. You know Nightmare I mean? is 3 million- Followers on Instagram and and Excision has four hundred thousand exactly, and he sells five times as many. So what do you where do you think the disconnect is in like somebody? Let's say he's got three million followers on Instagram. It's like where are the three million kids like that? You know what I mean? That like aren't coming on Instagram or on Spotify? You mean or Spotify Instagram? Where wherever like where it's like well, Spotify's and Instagram are very different because Spotify means people are listening to the music. On Instagram means you have great tits or you're hilarious or whatever. You know what I mean? Like you could be anything. For me, it's like I see like a like a tritonal who yeah. has like horrible engagement on Instagram, but yeah. can sell out the Palladium, and then I see somebody like you know that has three hundred thousand followers on Instagram that I know can't sell it out. Tritonal's been around for a while. Yeah, that's so I think it's like name recognition is like Gareth Emery, same deal. thing, dude. Yeah. And it's also how the acts are built too. You know, you have guys like you know, I I love him. If he's listening to me, he might not appreciate this, but like you know, Fetty Legrand, who I booked a million times. He always went and he went and played the clubs. You know, Duke DeMont's like another great example. Like these guys that, you know, Fetty's a more example of it not working. Duke's an example of it working. But, and Fetty's been around so long, it's like, it's hard to even argue that he, you know, he had such a successful career. But in 2013, while he was doing exchange and create, he should have been doing the Palladium. Right. Because 50% of the people at exchange or create are there to party. They don't know who you are. Yeah. And then they're like, all right, cool. But if you go to a Palladium show and you're like, yo, my friend who likes Fetty Legrand, are you going to the show tonight? And they're like, yeah. 
Then you go to the show and you're like, yo. You're going to see the are, artist. Are you friends with Freddie Legrand? Like, obviously you are. You're just like, oh, damn. Can I get your cell phone number? Like, let's go to the, sh- the next Fetty show together. Yeah. Gareth Emery did that. Gareth Emery literally just played the Palladium, even if he couldn't get past just it. built a community. Yeah, he just much. built a community. And then, like, guys like, you know, like Dennis Coyu, Bass Jackers, like all these big room house acts that just went and played the soft ticket clubs, yeah, the they route. didn't build, but they got paid more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and then it's like, all right, well, if you're going to go like Duke DeMont, if you're going to go the soft ticket route, but then you're going to keep writing hits. So you're going to make the best music videos ever. And you paid for them with the extra 25,000 you got, you got 50 for exchange, but you got 25 for palladium. Well, Hey, if that's an extra music video to you that goes viral, then there's like a a different strategy to that as well. Why is that too? Just like to touch on the talent buying side. Why is it that you would play the palladium, which is like, Arguably, like way more tickets than exchange, but you get paid more for exchange than you would at because the the expenses right? are a lot higher, and because they can't, they don't, they the they don't sell bottle ser- bottle services right. prolifically. Okay, cool. Yeah, you got to probably like rent out the Palladium, bring in your own like product, like whatever. Like, there's a lot of expense. Going Even there. then, it's all like it's all it's also like a Live Nation venue versus like an Insomniac venue. They have like unions. Like everyone that works that night has to get paid twenty four dollars an hour. Oh, like wow. period. You know, or whatever. Yeah, you know, it's just just like like even if the person's not there, you have to like pay the union fee. Yeah, you know, in New York, it's insane. Oh, dude, we played Best Buy Theater. They wouldn't let us, uh, dude. Whatever they they had to, they had to turn the lights off for three hours and go dark in the venue three hours prior to the show. Nobody was allowed to walk around the venue. Nobody was allowed to go on stage. Nobody because of the union law. We had to stay in the green room. I tried to walk to go get something from stage, and I got screamed at by security, like. The yep. venue, they turn the lights off. It goes dark, which yep. is wild. Yep. Um, Slander, Nightmare just launched their label. Yeah. Vibrations. Are yes, you sir. guys like running that side of it too? Yep. Or are they, so you are. So what goes into like that side of it now too? Like like running the label, doing all that. Like how do you, what do you guys look for? And like artists, what do you guys, you know? Well, um, so the, 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 the artists do most of the A&R and my business partner, Steven. But um, they're definitely making all the decisions. It's okay. <laughs> I might need some tissues in a second. Um. But uh, so the guys are going to are going to are doing all the A&R, you know, we handle the marketing and um, like the contracts, stuff like that. It's also tied in with Insomniac Records. So it is through it's like distributed. That's through? it's distributed through. So we use their resources. They've given us like a marketing fund, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and yeah, we're just trying to put out forward thinking bass music right now. That's it. And I think we have a goal to to uh, just do any type of electronic music. Maybe even, you know, other genres when the time comes. But right now, the focus is absolutely dance music. It's absolutely, you know, bass leaning towards dubstep. And I think that if we got like a crazy house song that didn't sound like anything else, we would take it. Yeah, yeah. You know, like if just is that just because you're like you you know what like slander and nightmares like main brand is. That's just just what the kids want. It is what the kids want. Yeah. The kids just want bass music. Like it's it's the main stage sound, you know, it's uh you know, when I see acts like Garrick's and Afro, you know, Garrick's really survive and remain at that like $400,000 echelon, it's because the kid's putting out music. Yeah. He's putting wow. out yeah. great music really and he's putting music. out Big Room House, which is his base. And those kids are like, yes, I got another one. And then he's like, oh, here's this pop song. You know, he just put out a pop song with like this homeless man. Who's, yeah, which is crazy. Like, yeah, Mike Young. Have you followed this yeah, guy? No, My buddy Dan insane. manages him, dude. dude he's, he's like a million followers on Instagram. He's, yeah, he, was, he was in a subway station just it's singing. It's the coolest story ever. Really cool story. But Martin Garrix and his team found that guy and were like, yo, you're talented. Like, let's make a song. And it's like a huge song. Now. Yeah, that's crazy. Why do you think 
bass music, because I feel like bass music was like, what, 2014, 2013? I felt like everybody's like, oh, like bass music is dead. And then all of a sudden, it's totally. just like, out of nowhere, I felt like, just like, no, it's not dead. It's bigger than fucking ever. Like, it, what do you think happened? Like, I think that everything goes in like cycles. And I think Big Room House is going to come back. 100%. I think everything that's been have been a I thing. I think House is like huge right now too. Like, you, you have a House guy uh, now too, right? We have Omnom. Omnom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sick. We, uh, yeah, House is super big right now. You know, you got Fisher and Chris Lake who are just like slaying. But it's also still like just Fisher and Chris Lake. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? There's no... There's another guy. There's no one else. Here. There's yeah. no one else right now, you know? Who do you want to say? Like, all right, Claude Von Stroke, but like, not really. No, Claude Von, like Mala, maybe, and that's, yeah, Mala yeah. and Chami, sure, but they're still like kind of like future base or, yeah, yeah. or future. What do we call future that? House, future house, yeah. yeah, future house. Um, so it's just, it's just, uh, you know, in times of turmoil, which is like where I'd say we are in in politics and and in and in uh, you know all these college kids who have degrees that can't get jobs and whatever kids turn to punk rock, you know? And I mean, punk rock is like a catch-all term for yeah, like yeah. high energy, lose your mind and lose yourself in yeah. that moment type of music. And that's what kids go go for, you know? We're watching in Asia right now, like nobody, nobody's listening to bass music because they don't even care enough to have taste about it. Right. You can play 128, you can play anything. You can play, you know, I was in Korea you couldn't play like house tracks. You had to, and this is Seth Troxler playing like at the underground party. He had to play hard techno. No, like we, he, yeah, we, he we, couldn't play like groovy play house. Like we, cause we have parts in our set where we like in America, we'll like slow it down and play like Mala or like play Chris Lake and stuff like that. Just to like chill for a second. Yeah. And we like, can't, we can't do it in Asia. They don't get no, it. Like no, they, they don't, they get just it stop moving. The yeah. attention, like the, the vibe completely just dies. And it's yep. like, you see that happen like, you know, anywhere else, like in America or something that, that, Energy gets brought down, but it's still like really. Well, they also charge like, up too. Exactly. Yeah. Well, like, and people like to break. dance. People don't know how people don't dance. And in Asia, there. They when just that when jump. that starts happening, yeah. they literally just like put their drinks down and like start looking around. Like they just don't know what it is, and it's just yep. a whole different culture. Yep. You, but, but I feel it's like okay. Bass is coming it's in okay. In it's okay. They'll they'll pick one <laughs> genre there in like five years, and it'll get really big, and it'll probably be big room to start, and then once and it kind of is that right now. Maybe we're like a year or two away from like, you know. We know Big Room's the biggest genre there right now. Right. Right. But in maybe two or three years, all these guys will have a name recognition and a face for these fans there who go, you know, you go to Asia right now and they send you fake fans to the airport and yeah, then yeah. they take photos of them yeah. and then they send it back to the kids and go, yo, this is a big American DJ or whatever. In a couple of years, you're going to have kids who are really tuned in on NetTees, on Weibo, on all these little social platforms and they're like, oh, I'm actually a fan of this thing. It's going to become a real, real yeah. yeah. Right. And then the evolution will begin. Do you have, you know? do you have all your guys, because I know we are, invested in building those socials? Absolutely. Yeah, us too. Yeah, we, we, have, Absolutely. Like, we have to build it. Yeah, shout out Joanne Wynn. Yeah, uh, Joanne Wynn. That's who uh, Brandon yeah. talks to us about. We have yeah. uh, Kyle, Kyle Bagley. Yeah. Oh, cool. So we we moved on from Kyle. From Kyle. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle's great though. Kyle's great too. I don't think he could can listen to this because he's in China, so it's all good. Uh, Kyle, I got nothing bad to say about Kyle. Kyle's Kyle did an awesome job. Uh, Joanne just has a connect with the DSP, so she can get your song on the cover of like the Apple Music oh, out okay, there, which maybe. is NetEase. For so anybody that doesn't know, that's listening to this in China, they have their own like Spotify. It's called NetEase. Yeah, yeah. NetEase, all this stuff. Um, so are you guys are you guys investing like? in going to Asia a lot with like most of your guys, or are you going to wait till the base kind of like hits over there? Wait, nowhere, there wait, nowhere, yeah, wait, nowhere. You're going to make, you're going to, you're going to make it. So you guys are the, the, the first acts brings it over. Yeah. hundred yeah, yeah. percent. Like, you know, you go look at rehab over there. This guy went to China 
played shows for eight, ten thousand dollars and all the cigarette smoke, probably hated it, whatever. And he played like 14 markets and he probably did it for a seat, you know, two, two twice a year. This is like maybe back he in the did day. It. This is like 2015, yeah. right? Not even back in the day, just like 2016, maybe. And now he gets a hundred thousand dollars a night. Yeah. Uh, in every fucking market in China. And it's literally just because they don't know any better, but you went there and then they had that experience, which is just what we were talking about with right. the American kids where they go, all right, I don't know a rehab song, but he just blew my mind with his DJ set. I'm coming back. Yeah. yeah. You know, exactly. Yeah. We, I mean, we've been going there twice a month now, like just trying to like build as much as we Dude, and it will can. just stick. It yeah. will just happen for you. Because we know eventually- Unless your guys' set is terrible, but I know it's great. I've yeah, seen yeah. it a million <laughs> times. But I'm saying, I don't even mean like for you guys. I mean, if someone goes over there and they don't relate to that that energy that's needed in that room, you won't build. But right. if you go there, yeah. they've never heard of your songs, but you bring the energy, which you guys do. It's I know it's already clicking for which you is guys. Like a, see. It's, it's a really big thing for us. Like we talked to so many of the big room guys that like you probably know from like back in the day, like Blaster Jacks, all these guys. None of them are- coming here anymore because they didn't want to like two years they ago. they didn't when, play the palladium. Dude, and when everybody's fees <laughs> went down last or two years ago, three years ago, they were like, fuck it, I'm not coming. Nobody wanted to come. And I remember having this conversation with a lot of them like, yo, you should probably still come here because people are just going to forget about you. Like I get it. Yeah, right. you were getting 30 grand and now they're offering you 10, but it's probably smart to just like keep totally. coming back. And they did it. And I feel like now the demand, they like killed their own scene in America. Totally. I feel like, and the is thing is a there's bummer. a big room house scene in America though. There is, isn't there is, is. absolutely yeah, yeah. there yeah, yeah. is. It's smaller than it was, but it's still no, there. It exists, yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah, the bottle absolutely. buyers. There's bottle buyers that want big room house. Totally. I, mean, I mean, you still like we'll you go into a club and you like we'll we'll throw it back and play like a 2014, 15 like big room banger and the People whole love club it, explodes. Yeah, and bet. it's just funny because it's like you're not hearing anybody a lot really putting out a true like big room song right now. You know, unless you're like the Europe guys, whatever. But any American Garrix, guys, that's doing it. Garrix yeah. is doing it. But like you drop that in the club and it just explodes. Oh yeah, you play like Swedish House Mafia from back in the day. Oh, no matter who you, you are, play like off. you play like Dennis Koyu Bong or Tongue, or you play like any of those big big room. Will tracks. loves big room, dude. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Will's naming songs. I don't even know. Dog, you don't know. You guys, all right. I'll play you. Dennis Koyu had like the most big room hits of any artist ever in one year. That's wild. It was like 2013 or 2014. He had that Winter Gordon. La La Da remix the Tommy Trash song. He had the song called Bong. He had a song called Tongue, T U N G. And if you play these bong. songs right now, you will be they will you will go find them on your Serato or find them in your library, and you'll be like, "Wow, I played that song." Oh, a, for sure, a million <laughs> yeah, times. Yeah, no, I, I don't even realize. Dude, it. <laughs> I, I, I I looked through my like because uh, now we use record box, but I like looked at my tractor the other day. It's like, damn, I was playing hard rock sofa back, and you know, like like I don't I, don't, I couldn't. Name <laughs> okay, wait, what's another one? Um, what was dude, Dirty South, Hard Rock Sofa? Uh, there were so many. Nari songs. and Milani, you remember that oh, song? Oh, dude, uh, Adam. Yeah, 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 and then there was the. <laughs> Literally. Oh my god. I just you know what? And there's parts of that genre that like I absolutely hate, but like those like big the anthems. Hit, the anthems, like I'm gonna like them in ten years. Yeah, well yeah, it's yeah. just it's just undeniable. You know, it's what just I mean? undeniable. Like, they're great just little like, just they're great rhythms, you yeah. know? It's just a great it's a hooky rhythm. It's got a kick drum in it. I'm in. Yeah. So since you say that, who's your who's your rap guys right now? Like, who do you love? Who I you like NBA YoungBoy. I yeah. like T Grizzly. I like Rob Banks. I like Comethazine. I'm just telling you, like the not obvious ones. Yeah. Um. I like. Let's see who else do I got on here? <sighs> Will does a a weekly like pretty much. I, I want to say come, blog post. I mean, yeah, do, you, do you actually put up a blog post too, or do you just no, put it on your no. story? No. YNW Melly, who's on. 
uh, got charged. He's with in murder. trouble right now. Yeah. yeah. Dude, they're all in trouble. Well, uh, I just read a thing. Funeral. Fifteen people got a, fifteen rappers got arrested in February or something like that. Something wild. Yeah. Well, they're like everyone's saying they're like targeted. So I think the government's just listening. And like Twenty One Savage thing is crazy. Like he, nobody, everyone thought he was just from Atlanta. You know what I mean? I don't dude, think he so ever. Dude, so crazy. Dude, when I saw that, I was like, that's a joke. Like he's from Atlanta. He always talks about it like he's Atlanta. Like, well, he moved to Atlanta. It sounds like when he was. 14. Yeah, and he was born so, in England but then lived in like like the not the Dominican but some island or something Yeah, right. Bit, and then came over, I don't know. It's a crazy story. It's definitely crazy. We'll see how it all plays out. I'm excited to see. So why what like I think 2 3 months ago you started like you started kind of like like I don't want to say blogging, but you kind of started like. Getting- yeah, I just I just do like I don't work in rap music really, um, so it's like a lot easier. Like you'll you'll notice I only talk about dance albums when they're good, but yeah, I yeah. review dance music too. But I only if someone's puts out an end, which sucks because there was like two good dance albums the entire year. Yeah, yeah. and I also don't really review singles. I just review like pro- projects or whatever. But like they offered me a show at Dash Radio. Um, to talk like, about rap music. Yeah. Oh shit. Like all this stuff, but I just like. I'll, I, it's this is you guys are living my dream right now. By the way, like I want to have a radio show for myself one day. Yeah, but we can get you. I've one got one. a lot. To, <laughs> <laughs> I've got. A, I've got a lot to accomplish first. I want to focus on my clients. You know, I don't want to uh, them to think that this is you know my radio shows even the tenth most important thing right. in my life. You know, until you know they're all millionaires and they don't care and they know whatever, and then we can like have some fun. So when I'm like forty, I'll probably like do the hip hop radio show, but hopefully, and then I'll be working in hip hop and I won't be able to be honest. That's what I was going to ask. Do you, do you want to like cross over and like find yeah, yourself? Absolutely. Like a but act? just know if I like sign, like, you know, you guys have like an R and B singer or yeah, something, but right? he's like pop. He's okay, like yeah, straight yeah. pop. It's yeah. like not really that urban. We thought, we, we thought it was at first because the lyrics are like real, really gritty, but like, you know, he's a white guy from Canada who's who's singing like the weekend There's or whatever. There's nothing more urban than that, man. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> from Toronto, even even better. Um, but it's just like it's like if 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 the weekend is urban, then it's urban. Okay. Yeah. But it's like the weekend to me is like nasty pop music. Pop, right? yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. not like he used to be a little more not, urban. I feel like. When yeah, he, first he was, but he's not like it's. That's what it's like. That's how I would compare it to, though. But um, yeah, the the I listen basically every 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 Thursday, every Friday, I, I go to the. I go to the gym a lot. Shout out. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah, but that's where I listen to all my music. And that's why it's not like it's, it's, I'm not like using work time to like listen to a full rap album. I just throw it in and whatever. And and if it moves me, I write down whatever pops into my brain, whatever. I have like a long history of being a writer. So like, I I love what you write, by the way. I don't listen, I I, I don't listen to hip hop at all. So like, I'll look at your thing and I'll be like, oh, okay. He like, like the, I'll like, I'll actually go listen to it. And I I think, a lot of the people that probably see your stuff are more in dance music. So yeah. they it's it's beneficial because it's like I, other than Dave, who like really likes hip hop music, I'm not around it and I don't really sure. know it. So it actually gets me to be like, oh, I need to go like save these songs and, and check them out. Yeah, which is, pe- which is people tight. hit me up and they're and and eighty-five percent of the time they go, Man, I agree with everything you, you did said. A, it's crazy. You did this right up for uh, when when X died, right? Or yeah. like when his album came. That's kind of what like yeah. like started kind of like snowball. I had a couple I had a couple I had a couple before that, but it but that article going viral and uh and and co- that was it's also coinciding when I was doing like a lot more reviews and it's kind of like I guess I'm like a rap writer now on my I mean like you're good at it. I don't know Instagram man, stories whatever. <laughs> yeah, I I wrote an I I I reviewed um like I wrote like 2000 words on Lil Wayne's album. Oh wow. Okay. Um you can check that out. 
I wrote two articles on X. I wrote an article in September 2017 that was called Hip Hop uh, um, Hip Hop Emotions. I gave it a shitty title, but I forgot what I wanted to call it. But something about just like how hip hop artists, it's okay to be sensitive now. Yeah. You know, and I mean, it's almost like that's the it's thing. almost more important now, like, like right. the trippy red. Right. And, the- and you look at like Wu Tang, and if these cats were like talking about like their feelings or whatever, like, you know, you go look back at Tupac and Biggie, and I, there's like one Biggie reference, and there's like, I looked it up actually, there's one Biggie reference, and there's like two Tupac references where they're like, yeah, almost wanted to like end my life, like talking about suicide. Tentacion talks about that in every fourth song. He's like talking about how he wants to kill himself, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, ski mask, same shit, et cetera, et cetera. So, like, you know, I wrote that article and then the next article was uh, about how Tentacion was this generation's Tupac and everyone over the age of 24 was like, you are a fucking yeah, moron. <laughs> and everyone under the age of 24 was like, you are a fucking genius. Yeah, you're a genius. <laughs> yeah. This well, is exactly how I feel. You put how I felt in words. And then I had like, Constantine, the like talent buyer for Dre's, being like, bro, I grew up with Tupac. You're a fucking moron. <laughs> right. on You're Facebook. Like, I lost half my friends. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, look, man, look, here's the stats. You're like, my demographic on my stats just went <laughs> yeah. way left. So, you know, here's this, here's the 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 deal with that is like the kid passed away and there was a vigil at his grave, like the place that he got shot for four days. Yeah. Kids pitched tents and hung out where he fucking died. Dude, they packed like the stadium yeah. for his like, like viewing. There was a riot in Los Angeles on Melrose with 2,000 kids going crazy. I didn't even know that. Yes, yeah. there was. Okay, and the kids from South Florida. He's not from LA. Yeah. Wow. You know what I mean? That didn't happen when Tupac died. People didn't camp out at the fucking MGM, you know, outsider or whatever, like saying prayers and shit. Like there was a police, whatever, and then people left. Yeah. You know, there was definitely like outcry, but there wasn't like a riot in the streets when Biggie died, when Pac died. Do you, do you think you that's know? because it's something that we've touched on a lot? Social media, about, for yeah, sure. I was gonna say the social media totally. thing. Like, do you feel like you can be like, yo, you can be like, you feel like you know Melrose and Fairfax right now. We're going up for fucking X. And I feel like people are so much more invested in artists in a way that they really like because they feel like they know them a via social media. Yeah. The, thing about, the thing that's interesting about X is like you felt like you knew him through his song and that kind of sounds cheesy to say, but no, he really presented dude, himself. that's great music. And, and his music in a way that you were like, dude, like I'm so connected to this guy. I was, I, we were in Israel when he died and I felt so sad. Yeah, like, you I, were sad about I it. I literally yeah. almost started crying. And this guy like, like damn near murdered his pregnant girlfriend and like beat her and we still, that's how powerful his music was yeah. that we knew all this terrible shit about him and we still were like, oh man, he's gone. I'm not going to get another one of those songs yeah, I related to. It made me feel guilty. Yeah. I had, I had, I had women email me and be like, yo dude, you shouldn't be, shouldn't be championing this guy. Right. And I was like, look, I understand that like you read the article with that in that way. But if you read the article that I wrote, it's not charged at all. And that's why I wrote it that way. It's literally Tupac did this. Tentacion did this. Yeah. Tupac did this. Tentacion did this. And I didn't say he's a great guy. I didn't say anything about him. I even said he's a bad guy. Yeah. But because you're comparing him to someone that's so highly revered, people are like, oh, you're making him look good. Yeah, I good. see that a lot. You're always like, if you you need to, you're like, you're like I'm separating who he is from like totally. his music. Yeah. Dude, Tupac went to prison for eight months for raping a girl. Yeah. Okay. Nobody Dude, James, James Brown used to beat the shit out of his wife. 
You know what I mean? Like you look at um, one of the most prolific songwriters of all time, Phil Spector, like literally more number one hits than anybody. And he killed his wife and got away with it. I mean, there's an entire series out about R. Kelly right now. Right. And it's like, you can't say- TP2 is one of my favorite albums of all time. You can't say the songs well, aren't incredible. It's, it's, it's funny how things like that don't catch on. Like everyone was like, he's, he's the worst guy ever. He's going to jail. He's horrible. He's horrible. Two weeks ago, he was like partying at a club and everyone was going crazy. R. Kelly? Yeah. Oh shit! I yeah, he's actually showing me a video. He's like at he's literally it at a club. A, it was two his weeks birthday. ago. Like, like we're going loud tonight, and the whole club is like, <laughs> "Fuck yeah!" And it's just like, dude, there was just an entire lifetime nine episode <laughs> series about this. That's one of those things that just doesn't even make sense to me how it doesn't like resonate. But it's it's the music speaks way over the person, which is 100%. some people think it's unfortunate and like wrong. Other people think it's like, leave the guy away from the music. And it's an interesting totally. topic. Well, the thing is, is if you're not going to separate the music and the person, right? And you're going to only like good people's music, right? First of all, do your research. And what you will realize is there was about 30% of the music that you listen to that was made by assholes. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, if not, if not more, because mo some assholes just don't get caught for being assholes. Okay. But. Also true. Yeah. So, so everybody that didn't get caught, you're rewarding them with album sales and t-shirt sales and all, whatever. You know, I'm not going to buy a Tentacion t-shirt. I'm not going to buy anything of his. I'm not going to buy anything of R. Kelly's. I never have, frankly. That's a, that's a lie. I bought TP2.com. <laughs> um, but that was before I knew he was an, he was an asshole, of you course, know? Yeah. But now it's like, you know, I, I don't listen to R. Kelly and Tentacion as much as I used to. I haven't listened to R. Kelly since all the shit came out. Um, Tentacion, I does go just to make, when I'm like- Does it just make you like feel weird? Like listening, It makes you like, feel weird that you like it. Yeah, yeah. 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 You feel yeah. guilty. You feel guilty that you like it. So it's like, all right, cool. If that guilt's going to make me not listen to him, cool. But like if I'm in a dark place and I want to put on fucking Carry On, you know, or that album 17 by Tentacion, Tentacion had a much greater effect for me personally yeah, yeah. On, on like my psyche and- R. Kelly was like, well, we were young, you know, as, young as shit when R. Kelly came out. Yeah, like it's like just like if way. R. Kelly put out a song right now, I'm not gonna go champion right. it. You know, like, but you know, and he also didn't make emotional music where Tentacion did. You know, I'm trying to think of, you know, like for example, Nas. Right, I was completely obsessed with Illmatic, my favorite album of all time. If it came out that Nas like, you know, beat Kaylee's or, or or you know his ex wife or something like. I don't know what I would do. That's my favorite album ever. Yeah. You know, like I don't know how I would feel and I cannot even tell you how I would feel. I can't be like, oh, I'm going to stop listening to Illmatic now. I listen to Illmatic like once every two weeks, you yeah, know? Yeah. So it's just tough. It's a weird thing. And that's why you just got to just separate it. You just got to. And there's a million people out there who will tell you that I'm an asshole for that and that's fine. But it's just, it's uh, it becomes too, you're adding a whole another element of listening to music. Well, it's yeah. almost you're like, like, oh, the album came out. Hold on. Let me Google their yeah, arrest what are, record. Yeah. What did like, he do you know when he mean? was 18? Let me, let me make well, sure I actually right. like it. it. It's almost like because they're such, I, for lack of a better word, like bad people or like tormented people or like whatever is why their music is probably so dark okay. and so good. Another thing that needs to be talked about in this situation is like if Ted Bundy put out an album I would so listen to it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you would. I'm course. not going to say I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah. I'm not going to say that I'm going to feel bad, good about it. I'm not going to say that I'm going to put it, a review on my Instagram going, man, that Ted, Al Ted Bundy, but, you is a, but he's a want fucking psychopath. Yeah. I'm going to listen to his album. Yeah, you hear what, what the hell was going through it? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, if you, if you're fucking like, okay, perfect. Current example, YNW Melly 
dropped this album. I listened to the whole thing. I reviewed it. You know, the, the, uh, um, this is the guy that just did like yeah, this correct. Instagram live correct. shootout thing. No, no, no it's no, a little no. different than that, but uh, he got charged for, he has, a, his, he has the, oh, this, okay, this okay. huge song. He has this huge song with Kanye. That's going to be like a radio single while he's in prison. I have a feeling again, it goes back to, I know nothing about hip hop. I'm like, Oh, it's that's all good. I'm like, that's the it's guy that good. did that. All of the no, lights, so, right? so he was like, he, I think he was just like super fucked up, but he was, he has, his two best friends' names oh, okay, yeah, tattooed over his eye, right? Got the tattoos before they passed away. He was in some altercation with them, shot them both to death. I mean, accused, yeah. uh, apparently. Two months ago, it was like, yo, his best friends died. And he like wrote, like even before they died, he wrote this song that was basically talking about how he shot his friends on accident. And, the, and uh, you know, last week he gets picked up for the double homicide of those two kids. And and then and then like now there all these interviews are coming out about him to like to be like oh this is this is what he was talking about whatever and there's this one inf- interview on Mon- Montreality and uh, he's like man there's Melly and then there's Melvin he's like Melvin only comes out at night he's like nobody likes Melvin Melvin's fucking dangerous Melvin will do this he's like I I don't like Melvin either he's like I don't like when Melvin comes out it's like. Wow. <clears throat> You're a serial killer. You're, yeah, like, you're, you're a, a murderer, dog. Yeah. yeah. So, but it's like, all right, you go listen to his album and it's like, you know, this kid got shot at when he was a kid. He got, you know, all these crazy things happen. And then you really want to like judge someone for what they are or what they've become or whatever. And it's like, R. Kelly was raped when he was eight years old by yeah. his aunt who made him fuck him, right? Tentacion's mother was a crackhead. She would not pay attention to him at all, would not feed him nothing. The only way that she ever would pay attention to him was when he would, he literally was like, yeah, I used to beat the shit out of kids at school. So my mom would talk to me. So it's like, you want to go poo poo R. Kelly and tell all these people that they're horrible. It's like, okay, cool. But there's a, there's a, there's a cause and reaction. There's a reason, you know, there's a reason why, like he was, he had a fucked up upbringing. There's also no excuse for what you, no, you've done, no. but it's like, you can't just be like, oh, he was born a bad kid. A lot of it's environmental. Yeah. You know, it's, people it's, are, are grown up in these shitty environments and they, they don't know how to, uh, they don't know how to be. Yeah. And I think it's also because they went through those things is why you love them as an artist. You know what I mean? I'm not saying Because they're that, talking about real shit. They're, they're talking about, about fucked up and shit. And it's not justifying anything that they did, but it's like- No. It's like- if, Well, would 17, would that have come out if Tentacion's mom did, didn't fucking hate him? No way. You know, no way. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it's, I mean, it's, it's why we're all, anybody that does music, it's like, I know I am. I know David's like, we went through shit growing up and that's why we're like artistic people. Totally. And, you know, it's, it's really yeah. hard to be like, to not go through anything and like, write good songs it's, to it's, do anything yeah, really it's, it's, yeah, it's really like impossible if you didn't struggle in your life it's just tough yeah, like really hard um, if you didn't right, struggle in life life becomes a struggle <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you gotta work hard you gotta man. you gotta fucking be in pain a little bit you know yeah that is true I went through some it shit you real shit yeah, yeah if you just got a lot of these like I see a lot of like kids that like grew up in Los Angeles and like parents were like movie directors and then they get into the movie business and you're like, or you, you know who the best example is fucking Sean McVay, <laughs> the quarterback or the, the coach for the Rams. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. He was, his, he's like 30 year old, 32 year old yeah, head yeah, coach, but like, dude, he was given like an internship with like the giants when he was like 20. Cause his dad was like the general manager of the giants or like whatever. But then it's like, all right, if you're going to get that opportunity, then like be great. Yeah. 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 And then, yeah. And he is, he is great, which is great. So, well, he is great. Though. Yeah. Um, are you, are you a big sports guy? 
Yeah, you are a big yeah. sports guy. I mean, he just told us that he plays basketball. He asked us if we play basketball. We don't. Play <laughs> He's yes. hooping. He's hooping. We're playing basketball. If this is live, hit me on Instagram. <laughs> We're playing basketball at six. And on Thursdays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. You recently, what, like a year ago, got like super into health, right? Like maybe two no, years ago? I, I mean, it, I went, I, I guess I quit smoking cigarettes like three years ago. That's when it kind of was like, I you still like running like a lot. Yeah, yeah. I ran a, I ran the LA Marathon in 17 and 18. Oh, I'm not shit. running it this year because my because I'm playing too much basketball. <laughs> like I'm but yeah, running on the court, uh, right? my, my whole vibe is like earth is, is hella sick. And like, I'm just trying to be here a long ass time. Yeah. Yeah. For like, sure. Like, I don't know what's Cause you next. were, you were like, when I first met you, you definitely like weren't like super. Bro, we were smoking cigarettes, blunts. We met, right, I mean, we met right we behind ate the stage. I was smoking a blunt and a cigarette <laughs> too in my hand while chugging a, a gray goose. Like, and it just hit you one day. I know for me, like it just like one day I was just like, all right, I'm 30 now. Cause I'm 30 now. I was just 20, like, oh. 29 and a half. Actually, you're right. I'm 32 now. 29 and a half was like was like we're gonna go a little harder i've been like running since i'm like 26 oh, okay but it wasn't like marathons and shit where where were you from originally chicago, so chicago. evanston illinois to be exact it's so the first suburb north of chicago do you, are, do you see yourself ending up in la like forever or you you think yeah i think chicago? so i mean i'll probably no nah, i'm never going back to chicago but um i don't know i might move to like mexico or like south america or something when i'm like 50 you just, know, just <laughs> yeah. I think the nice music industry will probably burn me out. My um, my girlfriend is she's a she's a nomad. She doesn't like being in one place at one time. So I'm sure we'll uh, we'll we'll run around the earth at some point in time. I like that. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that's rad. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess for me, one thing that like we got a lot of. I said you were going to be on the show, and like the yeah. thing that I got the most was kind of like when you're looking for like a new artist. Obviously, when you found Slander, they had already had. You know the yeah. the Facebook thing nightmare. I don't I don't know nightmare. What nightmare was up to when you picked him up? Really, like I think you kind of picked him up like really early in the game. But when you're looking for like these new artists, what are you kind of looking for? You know, like when you sign a artist from scratch, it's all it's all very varying scale. You know, if you're the next Skrillex on the production front, you can look like an you know not saying Skrillex looks like a nerd, but like you can look like whatever. Right. You know, if you're an above average producer, but you're a fucking superstar. You know, that's going to, that's going to, uh, you know, what I'm looking for is both yeah. really though. Someone who's like got the personality, um, but is also like has the chops too. Right. You know, what I'm looking for, just to, to answer your question, all the kids out there, send me, and I'm asking the, your listeners, send me 10 unreleased original songs that have, that, that sound like nothing else out there. Yeah. Yeah, because I feel like when you, I mean, when you picked up Nightmare. That are, that, are, that are high energy. That are high energy. Yeah, yeah, hands, yeah. 10 unreleased songs that sound like nothing out there that are hands in the air music. That's my requirement. That's it. Put that on a fucking so post-it. So you would sign an artist music just based on music. Totally. Never met him. I don't care. Dude, the, no offense to you guys because I know you make your living being live, but it's not that hard. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. No, yeah. No, no, I mean, it's, playing it's, live is whatever. Well, it's yeah. what, what the hard part is what you guys were given. You're insane on stage. But... It's there's 10% of that that's God given, and there's 90% of that's like, all right, cool, we're gonna pick songs that people like, we're gonna practice our mixing, and we're gonna go out there and we're gonna jump on the tables, we're gonna spray the champagne, and we're gonna scream into the microphone. The other 10% is the swagger, right? Yeah. Is the the kids look at you and it's authentic. Yeah. You're like, because sometimes kids will go up there, like, 
I won't even name the acts, but like I'm thinking of some kind of awkward DJs in my mind right now, and they go up and they spray that champagne, and people don't believe them. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're you're like, like, you're like, bro, what are you doing? No, we said, dude, <laughs> yeah. chill, get off the table, bro. Play, the, play your best song, get off the table. <laughs> a lot you of the guys I mean? were because they're awkward. You no, know, yeah. not everybody can get on the table, look everyone in the eyes, and be like, yo, who's ready to fucking party? spray the champagne, jump into the crowd, whatever, you know, they get up there and they're like, oh, my idols did it. Or I saw Breathe Carolina do it and I'm going to go do it like them. But it's, they don't have it in there. They weren't born with it. No, you we know see a saying? lot of guys where like, especially like, cause we're around the European like circuit so much. We see like a lot of people, I'm not going to like name names where we're just like, yo, did you go to like fucking DJ school? And like, they told you, that this part you got to put your hands up. This part you got to go left to right, and like the crowd won't so even be calculated. the crowd won't even be looking at them, and they they'll play every show exactly the same. Yeah, right. No matter what, they can't right. change their set up. They can't do anything. That's not it's DJing. Like, that's dude, that's just, not DJing. Like we'll show right. up to. But know, if those like, guys write hit songs, no one cares. No, yeah. right. But if yeah, you yeah, write mediocre it. songs, you'll you burn out. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. It won't happen. Like, for we'll you. go to we'll go to Vegas and like. Dude, we can't play the same set in Vegas that we play at Concord. You know what I mean? It's like, it's a totally different show. So it's like, you have to be able to adapt. And I see these guys that like cannot adapt whatsoever. And you're kind of just like, all right, you're not like a DJ. You just like, no, you, somebody put you're this You're a music producer you. who's been asked to perform. Yeah, exactly. I just have one, one, one last question before go. ahead, go. yeah. So I wanted to bring this up earlier when we were on the topic, but I forgot. So the, the good vibrations thing. Yeah. How did that start? Did they just do like a back-to-back -back one show and just went viral or like what, what was the- Dude, they've been best friends since production school. It's okay. the most organic thing ever. I no mean, one... I look at Slander and Nightmare as like, I know they're separate acts, but it's a band. You know yeah. what I mean? Like they- To some extent it is. And we haven't even put out a song together since 2015. Which is wild, yeah. Right, but they're, they're, they're actual friends. They wish themselves happy birthday. They go on ski trips together. That's the, that's just, it's not, it's completely organic. It's like, well, we didn't put out a song this year, but we all went skiing in Mammoth and right. we took some photos and put them on Instagram and kids want to be friends with those friends. Yeah. You and know? did you just feel, you just felt like two, obviously they're two. I didn't feel anything. They thing. did everything. Yeah, yeah. They did like, everything. But they're like, they were like, let's make this song. Oh, wow. What are we going to call, you know, our, our album? Oh, let's call it Good Vibrations. Oh, we'll do raise awareness for Good Vibrations. Let's go do some DJ sets together, you know? And like That's my really whole sick. theory from like a management standpoint, like what you guys are going to see us do in the fall, I, I'm not going to give it away, but what you guys are going to see Nightmare and Slander do in the fall, just like write this down, set a timer for November. You're going to be like, they're doing something different. Yeah. You know, so what I like to do is I'll just, I won't give away part three, but you know, st step one on the, the revolving door is individual shows. Go play the Palladium, go play the Shrine, right? All right, now we take a year off. Now we go do Good Vibrations, our own festival at the NAS, right? Well, now we come back and we do the individual shows again. Then we come back and we do Nocturnal Wonderland together where we don't have to take a bunch of tickets out of the market. That's been the last four years. And now instead of going back and doing, we did individual shows this year, instead of going back and doing like another uh, Good Vibrations, like its own festival, you're going to watch us do something that you've never seen before. It, that you, You're going to watch us do something that hasn't been done in dance music in five years. Wow. Fuck yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. Hell yeah. Excited. <laughs> keep your keep your dial set. You're going to watch Slander and Nightmare do something that, yes, the last time it was done was, I think, five years ago. And and and, and I have a feeling that once we do this, everyone's going to copy us. And you're yeah. going to watch everything we do happen for everyone else in 2020. Hey, Siri. Remind me November 1 to text Will Runzel. <laughs> <laughs> about... You can say about Nightmare and Slander touring. That's it. 
Perfect. Man. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you for coming by, man. No, no problem. Too. Thank you guys uh, for having me. It was a blast. Sorry yeah. that my dog. I'm gonna have to okay. in my couch now. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. I need a tissue. All right. See. Uh, <laughs> see you later. Cheers. Cheers.